Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Hello and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us during season four, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season we're of course asking, is it rad in your head? And to be clear, we're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead, not is it rad in your head in regards to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? And which is now in your head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool, and it's just me today. Well, not just me, I'll have a guest, but just me in terms of the regular host of this podcast. Uh, in terms of the guest, we'll get to that in a second, because first, I want to talk about uh, something exciting that is coming up in the future of the podcast uh, that involves you guys, and we're going to start right away. If you're hearing this, you need to take immediate action. Well, not immediate action. Wait about an hour, listen to this, and then take action. Season five of the What Is Music podcast will be up to you, okay? We're, Lucas has picked some bands. I've picked some bands and artists. Steve's picked some bands and artists. Lucas has also picked artists. And you're going to pick some artists as well. And then they're going to face off in a bracket-style competition week by week until we whittle it down to one ultimate champion. And that's who we're going to cover in a future season of what is music to get the ball rolling i need you guys to suggest some artists think of people you'd like us to cover they don't necessarily have to be your favorite artists maybe they are maybe they're just artists that you think it would be interesting to explore the entire discography and context of 
You can do that by getting in touch with us through all our social medias or by email. Our Twitter is whatismusicpod. Our Instagram is whatismusicpod. Our Facebook is whatismusicpod. And our email is whatismusicpod at gmail.com. You can send through on any of those platforms just a list of artists that you would like to see us cover. I know that we're going to get hundreds of these, and that's fine. I want as broad a spectrum as possible. Don't worry if you see somebody else say an artist that you were going to say. Say it again, because the way I'm going to whittle it down to what is ultimately going to be your three suggestions for people to go into the bracket is number of people who've said it. So, for instance, I think Nirvana are going to get a big shout. Um... If you see someone else say Nirvana, say, yes, Nirvana as well, because then that's two votes for Nirvana. We're not going to be that strict about it. Try and keep it to one tweet. Try and keep it to one message or one comment or whatever. It's, it doesn't really matter. You can suggest as many as you want. Um, each host of the podcast will form a region with four artists each. The listeners will be its own region, and that will all go into a big bracket. The reason that I'm going to whittle it down to three artists is because there was a little competition that was run ages ago, and somebody got to suggest an artist that would go into this bracket. Okay, So one of our listeners... Um, Joe selected The Cure. Okay, There is no point suggesting The Cure... They're already in there, okay? It would be a waste of characters, a waste of your typing fingers. Just don't even bother. Don't even talk to me about The Cure, okay? The Cure are done. They're in there. Shut up about The Cure. Also, don't say Manix again. Because, one, not funny. Two, watch this space. There will be a specific tweet or instagram post that i'll probably upload on tuesday or wednesday but that doesn't mean you have to wait until tuesday or wednesday start now like i say no limit but there is a time limit i'm going to stop taking suggestions after this episode is a week old so the last suggestions you can put in are on the 31st of july and then a few weeks after that we're going to start the proper competition all of you guys will be voting every week in an artist v artist situation um until we get to that one ultimate winner it's going to be a lot of fun so get in touch with us again what is music pod on twitter instagram and facebook and then email us what is music pod at gmail.com i'm looking forward to seeing some of the wackier things that you guys come up with obviously bonus points if you know what the name of the season would be as well but now to the matter at hand because we've got Kathy St. Luce on today which is an incredible guest to get and this chat was so lovely Kathy was the PR officer for Hall or Nothing Hall or Nothing uh, a PR company and management company that you know they worked with everybody and we will talk about that in the interview markedly um they worked with three of the four artists that we've covered manic street preachers muse and radiohead today obviously we're a radiohead podcast we're mostly going to be talking about radiohead but some manic street preachers stuff slips in of course it does i'm a manic street preachers fan we talk about it a little bit but we also get on to her first impressions of the band we get into promoting the bends, promoting OK Computer, how the promotion kind of changed for Kid A. We're going to talk about that a little bit because I know the podcast isn't there yet. But we also talk about 
the state of PR as it is today, the state of the music scene, we try and inject some, you know, some politics talk in there. It's a pretty loose, fun chat with some great insight into the five guys from Radiohead and their music and how it kind of speaks to people. However, what we started with ultimately <laughs> is the fact that Manic Street Preachers just announced their, well, I guess, 21st anniversary reissue of their kind of difficult album, Know Your Enemy. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's got a lot of uh, sentimental for me, much sentimental. Has it? Yeah, because for the release of it, they took a load of people to Cuba. Did you get to go to Cuba? I did. And oh, I've just, it's amazing. just changed my life. Just like, that's why I couldn't actually work in the music industry anymore, because I found that I could relate easier to the people of Cuba. It was like a little bit of, a little bit of Deptford, really. Um, right. I could just relate to it so much more than all the everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm like... I was going to say that's that's like uh, around the time that you stopped working for Hall or Nothing, right, and transitioned into something else. Yeah, to, to the end of the, the beginning of two thousand and two, it was just like. But I'm actually still in touch with the Hall or Nothing posse, Gillian, Terry, and Sarah and Lizzie, especially because we're kind of like all the ladies in the house, and um, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I just love them, um, and you know, like I really, you know, when there's a really sound company who who are actually see, they're they're the only bit of the music industry I didn't want to leave. Mm. It's like I, I was I was talking to journalists, music journalists, and they actually sort of started sounding like, oh god, you're not going to ring up about a fucking band, are you? And it's like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. What did they think you were ringing for? <laughs> I know that was that was the vibe, you know, and it was like, um, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of time for a lot of people that I met through that, and I'm still in touch with so many, so I'll never regret it. And God bless everybody. So obviously, you were the press officer for Hall or Nothing, the, the legendary PR and management company. You've been promoting music for ages. You helped create the uh, Rockland's Art Beat, which is kind of this great music blog. Music, obviously, a huge part of your life for many years. But let's start at the basics. Kathy, what is music? To me, it's um, something that's in your your nerve endings and you can't really do anything about it. It's, it's kind of probably got the same effect on you as sort of teenage love, but you just don't grow out of it. Oh, that's an excellent answer. That's one of the best answers we've had. It's like teenage love, but you don't grow out of it. What was your, um, what was your big musical teenage love? Like what, what are some of your favorite artists from, from your teenage years? Oh, I've just got loads, but I like anything with um, a raw energy. Um, you know, my, my, to be honest, my favourite people are horses. So, you know, sort of. <laughs> Explain yeah. that. I don't know. Horses are just kind of like the, the way they are, the way they carry themselves and teach people and, um, you know, the way that they're like noble and kind and brave and strong. And they've just got all the elements that we like to think that we would have if we were really noble but we can never be a horse have they made any good music though to be honest it's a bit pony 
Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Now I set you up for that one. That one's my fault. That one's absolutely <laughs> my fault. <laughs> um, so, like, what can you remember? The thing that sparked your your passion for music? Um, maybe it was um, just being in a front room with a load of older girls, teenage girls, um, just screaming at the telly. And they were like dancing and stuff, and I just joined in. And it so, was great. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. So it came from uh, it just came from, from... Be- being. I've always been in homes where music is played everywhere yeah. all the time, lifelong thing, you know. And my my mum was, um, you know, raised us on a mixture of um, I don't know, reggae and classical and country and rock. Just everything and anything, really. Everything up um, for grabs. Yeah, anything. It was like kind of, um, it wasn't particularly um, that you had to like one kind of music. I just tend to more like songs. And if I find that there's an artist that I'm liking so many of their songs or so many of their gigs, then, you know, inadvertently a fan. But it's not, it's just something natural. I don't know. That's interesting. So you've never really sought out like uh, a particular genre or anything. It's all just sort of uh, the the feeling that it gives you. Yeah, things sort of like come into your life, and I, you know, I I just don't question it. It's like oh, okay, nice. So in in that case, transitioning that passion for music into working in the music industry was that something you sought, or is that something that found you? It actually found me. There you go. How did, how did it find you? Um, well, first of all, I was on, on, on the tube in London. I, I was probably like a temp or something, and I saw a lad, uh, Tim, who I used to be in school with, and we used to, different lessons, we'd carve the clash deeper and deeper into the desk. So, and there was somebody else was carving clash into a desk, and then I'd get my pen out. And I actually don't even remember the lessons, but I do remember that. And then it was like I just saw him on the tube and we got nattering and then he knew somebody at Rough Trade and they needed a receptionist kind of chick. And I just thought, well, I can type so I can answer a phone. So and then, yeah, I I actually took in a a fanzine with a picture of the Queen on a couple of five pound note and just written on their t-shirt the smiths are dead and they kind of like that and I thought, hey, i'm in in a rough trade and then uh the, the, i don't know do you know what? it's all thingy and then the, sort of i did some radio f- for them in their promo department and the manics did sort of, were doing sort of early radio interviews and they very kindly said that i could, I could work with them but I just didn't think I was cool enough, and I just thought they were the kindest blokes for saying so because I wore a cardigan. And I'm like, well, I'm not really rock and roll. I wear a cardigan, <laughs> and I did it. I was, I was there in a cardigan. Lovely, lovely. I feel like the Manics would appreciate a cardigan. Yeah, I, I do now. I mean, at the time, I, I just thought, oh god, I'm just talking and talking and annoying them. Um, but no, bless their kind souls. I mean, have you heard the way Nicky Wire talks? If you want to talk about people who talk and talk and annoy people, I mean, it might have been a match made in heaven. 
<laughs> yeah, they're all, they're, they're just they're just superb to the day. I mean, that's something that's very interesting uh, about talking to you, Kathy, because um, so obviously you worked for Hall or Nothing. We are in our fourth season of this podcast, and this season is, of course, about Radiohead. And we've started talking about the Manics. Our first season of this podcast was on the Manics. Our second season was season was on Muse, and those are all Hall or Nothing artists at various stages of their careers. Were Hall or Nothing just everywhere in that time period or do we on the podcast just really love what it is that you guys are selling both i think okay because yeah because okay. it, it's just sort of like legendary ladies you know like jillian and terry are just kind of they they're beyond that to me they're like rock stars in their own right interesting but, yeah to me anyway i just always think you know like there there's a book in them each yeah, I mean, there sh- yeah, there should be ten books coming out of uh, Hall or Nothing, all about oh the different bands. Oh my goodness! Because you guys worked with Oasis and stuff as well, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, it's funny. The other day, I found, I found, um, yeah, because I've been tidying. You know, like when lockdown started, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to tidy, and by you know, when lockdown ends, I'm going to have a really tidy room. I'm actually I, still tidying. I vaguely but, remember that in the mists of time. Yeah, but I but I keep finding things. So now I've got like a um, a Radiohead bag and a Mannix bag, and a, I'm just trying starting to do a bit of filing and. Yeah, and it's like, God, there's a load of stuff I keep. Because the thing is, is I'm also a fan of these bands because that was the great thing about the job. It's like, what, chat on the phone about bands I love and be paid for it. Go on then. Easy. Um, Yeah, that sounds like a perfect job. It does, except I didn't like using phones because I actually kind of made me quite anxious. And I was there for a year. And then Philip said, oh, you will have to use the phone to be a PR. Um, He's just the best best Dumbledore of music PRs ever. <laughs> Expand on that. The Dumbledore of music PR. What well, does that like, mean? It's kind of like, the, you know, like the ultimate wizard. Um, and sure. from him, many things spring. You know, I mean, I, I, it, yeah, just so many thanks to him for um, having ever employed me because I still don't think I'm employable, but here I still am. <laughs> Yeah, because here you are, and yeah, I sp- yeah that 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 company that whole time period spawned like they, they, you guys were there at the beginning of so many uh, uh, so many careers of legendary artists, and um, yeah. and like you said, you you were fans as well, and I think that came through in the work that you did with the bands. What 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 were your like first impressions of the band that we now know as Radiohead? Um, well, somebody slashed Philip's car, and you know, Philip was their was their PR originally. I was the regional PR, and yeah. um, they must have come for a meeting with him. But I thought that because his car was a BMW, that it was oh, you get five mechanics come round for your car. I thought <laughs> they were the mechanics to come and sort the car out. You know, me and me and Martin were just on our way. Out to Southampton to see to see get yeah, to see the Manics, supposedly enough, and um, yeah, we just saw these five lads come round. It's like ooh, five, ooh. Oh, that was it. Sorry, I, yeah, sorry, Radiohead, love you dearly, but <laughs> I've never seen any mechanics that look like Radiohead. That's um, that's well, a very interesting. Now. Yeah, no, I, su- I suppose now. I mean, kind of, 
as you know, it, it seemed like a London thing, and they, they to me they looked kind of groovy, but I didn't think my first thought wasn't that's a band. It right. really was, but it was to do also with somebody was was actually coming round to look at the roof, yeah, and sure, you know, yeah, like yeah, if it's sure. a posher car company because I'd worked for a Mercedes Benz one before, and then kind of like the kind of people who spoke didn't wear overalls, so they would they wore their own clothes, so. I mean, they 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 you know early photos of them. They look like five pretty unassuming lads. I see why you would uh, think that, right? Yeah, you definitely don't look at them and go, "Hey, there's a rock band." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I've been told by more than one person that well, Kathy, that just looks like people at a bus stop. <laughs> just a random assortment of people that you found and are trying to package as a band. Yeah, they're, they're a band, honest. But that's kind of the, like the magic of it because it's like, and then get them on the stage, they couldn't be anything else. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, that. what was your first impression of their music? Do you remember that? I did. Do you know, I've still got, because um, it, it, it was the first thing that I worked on was the um, Drill EP. Yeah. And um, I've actually still got the, the t-shirt with the with the picture nearly on it because it was just like oh my goodness but I but at the time I was also kind of um not in a good headspace in that kind of I had the you know fantastic job fantastic friends to work with and all of this and an office with no politics but also it was like well why aren't I just the happiest person in the world and I have no idea and I kept playing prove yourself over and over again I think oh Neighbours were probably thinking, yeah, you are better off dead. Shut up. Oh, God. <laughs> but, I was um, going to say, that whole mood that you were in, uh, that is the perfect mood in which to become a Radiohead fan, I suppose. I guess so. But I'm, I'm quite a happy person. And I think that's where I got my coping mechanisms from. And also from Nicky Wire's brother, Patrick, who kind of like, we just sort of got writing and chatting and exchanging things. And he helped there's a lot of different things that heal and it's like poetic words songs yeah. all these things and um you know then i found my coping mechanism then i felt better and then i was just too fucking cheerful probably <laughs> oh well kind of everything too cheerful <laughs> but that, no, but yeah, then oh. that, no sorry go. i was gonna say that that's kind of like uh, you know i don't think there's a typical radio head fan i know people go I bet they're all kind of like depressed people. And I just remember being at gigs and spending a lot of time giggling with my friends who also go and see them. And, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were quite, um, you know, that that idea of them being miserable kind of set in a little bit later. I know Creep was, uh, everyone said, oh, it's very depressing. But they had quite an intense sort of rock sound at that time, right? Yeah, I found Creep to be really, really joyous. That might say something more about you than it does about the song, Kathy. I, I don't know, because I, I'm like, um, what, what, why would you not love being a weirdo? Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, there's something just, about that song that so... obviously touched millions of people as well. That, yeah. that sentiment really reached beyond its its song, didn't it? Yeah. And, and um, yeah. I mean, it actually would make twice as much sense now because i don't even know we we are in the bad place but we're we're getting through here and the thing is just stay weird kids we can do this we got this because the thing is if you're weird then all the kind of evil people they're still not sure what to do with you because they're so unweird 
Oh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, you exist outside of their periphery. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, And I'm yeah, loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. Is, is that think... something that originally set Radiohead apart from other kind of rock bands of the time? I... Do you know what? I think it was... it was Because um, it was also like the time of um, Britpop, wasn't it? It was coming through yeah. a lot. And it was like... And I, I, I kept saying to people, well, if... It's British and it's pop. Why haven't you got the Spice Girls and Shampoo in there? Who, who's allowed right. in the club or not? And kind of Mannix, Manson, Radiohead, you know, quite a lot of them, along with Spice Girls and, and Shampoo, weren't in the club, which was like Jean and Menswear and Lusticur and, you know, quite quite a rigid thing with nice hair. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like Radiohead's hair. Hey, Radiohead, a band with great hair. Uh, and in the case of Phil, no hair. But, you know, there's enough great hair to go around, I reckon, in Radiohead. Well, um, Phil looks like the controller. When they're on stage, he yes. is the controller. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very locked in. Um, yeah, he, he he's kind of like, okay, dance, people, I'm drumming. And they're like, yes, Phil. To me, anyway, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. It's, it's interesting that you brought up Britpop, actually, because, yeah, they didn't consider themselves to be part of that club, I guess. And a lot of the music journalists, I mean, some of them did and some of them didn't. No, it, I don't remember any of them saying, oh, yeah, they're Britpop. No, yeah. I mean, they do now, because obviously, it's, you know, Britpop is of that age and you know, anything okay. that was released in the 90s and british is now Britpop. It's now Britpop, yeah it's yeah. kind of it's a genre that's grown and grown and grown in the same way as the amount of people who saw the sex pistols on the first tour right was 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 there a conscious decision to kind of sell radiohead as separate from from Britpop, or or was there a, an effort to kind of ride the wave of Britpop, or, or what what was that whole thing about well, for me, it was a, just a case of, look, will somebody listen to this band? And I remember when they were having the um, big Blur versus Oasis thing, which I think yeah. still think is brilliant. Um, you know, what, a, what? it's just set up everything for life. And, a cultural but, moment, right? Yeah, real cult, cultural moment. And getting people excited in, oh, who's going to get them? Well, you know, it was fantastic, really fantastic thing to do. But at the same time, Behind the scenes, I'm like, you know, so Radiohead had just sold out, and I can't remember if it was the Astoria or Brixton Academy or something. It's like, oh, yeah, don't mind us, Radiohead just selling the tour out. And <laughs> people kept saying, please, will you stop ringing up with the Buff Puff stories? Um, especially because Britpop was then meant to be sold as the new um, American invasion. So there was a, you know, the, Picture suede on the cover of one paper, and then it was getting the auteurs ready to be the next one. I'm like, yeah, but um, Radiohead are out out selling, out selling them. You know, like it was about ten six to one, and I keep ringing up and going, you know, the wonderful, wonderful Carol Baxter, the international lady, was keeping me in touch with the progress around the world, and it's like, well, you know what, the world is getting Radiohead, so we should as well. But it wasn't, you know, it's just kind of, you know, maybe it was that people at a bus stop thing that kind of wasn't really setting them alight. Whereas, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not going to deny that suede looked suede So They looked very cool. Yes. In, in, yes. in a way that Radiohead, you know, have their own different kind of 
style going on. I have to say that the the image of Radiohead never felt like uh, manicured or presented in the same way that it kind of did a little bit for Oasis and Blur. Yeah, no, I th- they had a look. There was definitely a look, and you could see the you could see the look of a lot of um, of bands in their audience as well, which is great. Um, yeah, the Radiohead look just seemed to be people smiling and facing the stage, which is great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, during that whole Britpop thing, they were off. Do- they they would have been touring the Bends right around that time, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, no, the yeah, I think the Bends. Yeah. <laughs> She says, "Try to work out." Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. It sounds right. <laughs> um, it's a very like. I, I wonder if that was to do because the Benz was a bit of a slow burn, and it does sometimes occur to me that like I wonder if so much of the music press was caught up in the drama of the the Damon and the Liam and the you know the Noel and the Graham of it all that it kind of it kind of flew under the radar for the music press whilst all of the music fans were getting on board with it and it sounds like that's right if you're like if you're calling up press uh press outlets and being like Radiohead have just sold out their tour and they're going yeah but you know who's going to get number one Oasis or Blur which is which is fair you know from their yeah, from absolutely. their side of things it's kind of like the right thing to do is to go after the story as a, as a journalist you need to go after the story and the fans you know word, word of mouth especially with no social media to sort of pass it on was very much a thing so people would obviously like, oh my god it's already had to get ticket next time and there was a printed music press where you could see all the gigs that were there and you know where to ring to get tickets or which box yeah because it was also a box office oh, yes. thing then. i remember that i remember yes. i'm old enough to remember buying the nme from a news agent yeah yeah so it was all of that it's like you you know you'd get your music paper and you could go to the sort of like gigs ads and it's all there you know when you choose and you know you can you know you could be sort of like with your mates kind of go let's get that one that one that one that one um, it, it, it all sounds like ye olde bygone age, you know, when you now kind of do everything on an app. But there was something, there was just something about it alike. And Radiohead were of that, but they were also, um, you know, I don't think they meant to be futuristic with OK Computer. They just meant it was just there in them. But it, it's like now, kind of, if it came out now, people go, wow. It still sounds uh, fresh. We've kind of just wrapped up our coverage on OK Computer, and one of the main takeaways from it was that album does not sound 25 years old, you know? No. Uh, it sounds like it was recorded this year. Uh, it's yeah. incredibly uh, prescient and an and, and interesting album. Um, and that was kind of their, their next so. thing. Sorry, I mean, yeah, my fuck mate going to work. All good? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, that was the next album from from the Benz. Um, was it was it a difficult sell? Okay, computer and the imagery around that. Not this time, because it in in between with all that the Benz was doing, um, sometimes you get to like um, overcompensate in some cases, and also just the power of like people. You know, they heard it and it was like, what, what, what have I just heard? And then, you know, they kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, what is, what, what is happening, <laughs> basically. And um, yeah, it just kind of, that, that was the power of the songs. 
were, were you surprised by the level of its success at all? Because it is a weird album in places. Mm, well, personally, not because I, th- I I felt it deserved it, but that's also a bias. You know, that's kind right. of like God. This really just deserves everything. But I, you know, I I know that I can be annoying and insistent and. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like, look, I'm trying not to oversell it because also, you know, somebody once cut me to the quick by saying, oh, yeah, you only say those things because you're paid to. And it's like, oh, God, I've got to right. try and curb myself in a little bit because I'm actually saying what I'm thinking. But maybe I do give the impression that I'm only saying something because I'm paid to say it. It's like, well, Is that a difficult balance to strike in general? Um, no, because I can't stop chatting. I'm a chatty one. It's like, you know what? Up yours, mate. You're wrong. It's brill. Up yours. <laughs> and also... Um, Is that it, what it, the press release said? <laughs> should have done, shouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really should have done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, actually, my very best press release, and still 30 years later or 20 years or whatever, nobody's laughed, is when um, Radiohead took two travelling circus tents um, oh, right, right, kid, eh? yeah. yeah and my press release started with the line radiohead are intense and then tumbleweed for 30 years <laughs> sounds like the kind of tedious thing we'd say on this podcast that's perfect <laughs> radiohead are intense i yeah, think I, was getting... <laughs> I think we made that joke in the upcoming podcast that we've already recorded. Oh, nice one. So we're obviously on the same wavelength. We are on there. the same wavelength, yeah, because <laughs> I just thought, go on, everyone, laugh, have some humour or whatever. I mean, uh, OK Computer, not a difficult sell, but then then comes Kid A. Was that was that a difficult sell, or had the kind of... Was, was uh, selling Radiohead or promoting Radiohead kind of pretty... A, a, a kind of a sure thing by that point not not really a sure thing because there were always people who just weren't having it and they weren't having yeah. them and they you know i even complained i wrote a letter of complaint to um a radio station once a well-known radio station because it's like well why won't you play them and i'm not even a radio plugger so that was a bit cheeky and i got a nice letter back just saying look we're not we're not um, you know, not quite ready for them yet, and we feel their track would stop a show. You know, like, basically called it a showstopper, right? And I mean, that sounds great. That's what I thought. Just like, yeah, just let's stun everybody into going, what's that? What's that? I mean, they did, you know, they're on there now. It's all good. It's groovy. Um, but yeah, for, for Kid A, we did a, a listening party in a yes. bar opposite in the stables in Camden, there was a, some sort of upstairs loft bar and we had cushions and, you know, like, a, yeah, just a, like a, hopefully a nice day out for everybody to listen. And it was a listening party rather than taking it away and just trying to review it in a rush. It's like, have a listen and then have a, you know, you know, then, then kind of. Have a think about it. Have a think about it. Try yeah. to, because the, the, the first review, some of, you know, they were half and half, the, the early ones where somebody like rushed to just get it because the thing was to get the first review but yeah um you know and i and i i've been told oh you should have um sent it earlier and i just 
stand by and say, if I'd have sent it earlier, they'd have just reviewed it earlier. That wouldn't have made them think, well, I've got longer to listen. You know, it's like, I'm going to get the first review. And, you know, you can't blame people for wanting to have that exclusive. But at the same time, it kind of, um, you had, you, well, you didn't have to do anything, actually. Because um, some people did say, oh, I wish I could review it again. You know, I just think, well, don't let me stop you. But yeah it was it was kind of like um like you said on initial release kid a bit half and half the podcast hasn't reached kid a yet which you know so that's you know slight spoilers there kathy for anybody who's not actually heard kid a i'm sorry whereas whereas okay computer that was pretty immediate right in in the music press it was um it was also due to people who were were radiohead fans just letting themselves have their head um and kind of, uh, you know, it was it was like broadsheet newspapers were kind of like coming on as well, and right. it was there was a consensus coming because there there was, you know, press isn't, yeah. You know, I, I I listened to the um, meeting people is easy podcast as well that you did. Yes, yeah, and a, um, a tricky time period for for Tom especially. Yeah, it was like kind of it got to a point where I was like, well, you know, don't read the reviews, just weigh them or something. Well, this is the days when they were printed. Right, um, yeah. Because I just could just thought, why do you want to be weighed down with people's thoughts about what your thoughts are? You know, just do the music and, you know, I want people to enjoy themselves because it's just really nice people as well as the, the talent that, that's there i'm still um, kind of in that thought about musicians i work with now i mean t- t- tom especially seemed to be really struggling with like the the expectations of being a a rock star um he actually sort of i think there was a lot of tabloid stuff about tom york as well because he's quite he's such an interesting and deeply complex character you can get pretty good column inches out of him i think and i think that is tom has in in interviews spoken about um uh richie edwards from the manix and the way that the press treated richie um was was that something that had to be carefully managed getting tom to do as as much press or interviews or stuff like that to be frankly honest I there's actually so much more that I just had to say no to um, just because, well, they're only human. And that's yeah. how that, um, they, you know, they actually invented the first social media in a way with their spin with a grin, which was um, a democratic way of people could um, email in a question. And it didn't matter what size their publication was, but if it was, of, of interest the band would answer it and then yeah. everybody could see it publicly and then they could make up their own things without you know it would work now in the days of wi-fi because you know say you're sort of traveling and you, you think oh just check out a few questions answer a few questions ping that's done that would actually work as any either an app or a you know or a website now but um yeah they're kind of like it, it just got to the point where that that way you're not sort of answering the same thing over and over and over again, um, because that was the idea of press kits was that, you know, you'd, you'd get together a wadge of press and then send it to people 
and maybe they didn't read it or something. It's like, well, these are the things they've already said and done. And uh, yeah, you've got always. the bias. Yeah, you've got you've I've, got everything you need to try and think of something new. I've I've always found that weird that that um because I've done a bit of uh, music writing and I've done a bit of interviewing artists as well and you get a press kit and it would have said you know Radiohead met when they were sixteen at Abingdon School in Oxford or whatever and then the journalist's first question would be so how did you guys meet <laughs> and it's <laughs> it, surely that must be endlessly frustrating for a band to have to repeat the same answers about their lives again and again. It's a bit like Chinese water torture, is it? Or, <laughs> drip, drip, drip. They that call sort of it, yeah, yeah, drip, drip, drip thing. Um, yeah. So I guess what they kind of like you, you mentioned, spin with a grin, and um, eventually Ed starts doing like studio diaries and stuff. I guess they kind of innovated a lot of ways that they could communicate directly to their fans without having to go through that kind of tedious and taxing job of talking to people who are asking them the same questions all the time, right? Yeah, I think that when the thing is, is like um, necessity breeds something or other. I forget the actual phrase, but like if you're in the middle of all of that, because of the intelligent intellect, I guess they were also coming up with solutions rather than just seeing everything as a problem, which is why I don't necessarily agree that um, Radiohead are kind of like negative and depressing band. I think they... Um, I think they're just not clowns. <laughs> they're just not clowns. Yeah, they don't. Um, they don't play up to the more pantomime-esque yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's something very. Um, I think there's, there's something, something very. Um, and... That's exactly what I was going to say. Emotionally honest about what they're they're doing, right? Yeah, and if you, if you are being honest about something and. Someone's taking the someone's taking the piss out of honesty. Is just you know you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, yeah. Um... I always say the wrong things as well because sometimes people like um, say to me, "Oh, can you you know like, tell tell us um, about Radiohead and there's some sort of anniversary of something or other?" Sure. And I'm sure I'm supposed to sort of say, "God, yeah, they're really." miserable and they were really no 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 and really I didn't find them hard to work for I didn't find them miserable I didn't get told off even though I did things wrong I've done things wrong because you know that was basically always learning how to do it and they were kind sweet funny you get like little gifts from trips and little kind of mixtapes and things and um yeah just just wonderful people i mean and yeah i am very very biased but i'm also i don't know i don't know what to say what else can i say except um there's just sound people very sound people i think they just became a bit uh sort of um contemptuous towards the consumerist capitalistic machine nature of the music industry right um, yeah, that's definitely more the business than the music. Yeah, as, exactly. um, you know, and everything goes that way in the end. It's like even if you know, like when you when you start getting a social media account, and you're like, oh look, look, here's some puppies, and oh look, there's us at the beach, and then all, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but do you want to sell something? No, I don't. Want to buy something? <laughs> do you want to put a shop up? No, I don't. I just look puppies shop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is. That is the most uh, difficult thing about uh, 
nascent artists in today's music industry is the need to be good at all of that stuff as well as being talented at music, right? You've got to create great songs. Nowadays, you've got to produce them yourself. You've got to know your own release strategy. You've got to, you know, bargain with Spotify to get on playlists. And you've got to be a social media manager. Um, and I, I use the word content. I'm a, I'm a band manager. There's a band called Moses I manage. And I used the word content the other day. And I didn't mean content. I meant, oh, now we'll be able to, like, get some good um, videos and stuff. But I did. I used the word content. I don't even like content myself, but yeah, I did it. brutal. Yes, uh, and and I say that as a content provider, as as a podcaster, I think we are technically <laughs> we're technically content providers, which is yeah. uh, you know, uh, it's it's a weird time to be uh, a creative um, person, I think, and um, I think Radiohead v- were very sensible around the release of Kid A to just kind of shut a lot of that out and deal with it all through like they basically became quite a cryptic band I, like um very interesting but but of course that that album set them off on what a lot of people would regard as as, as a left turn in their career did did do you think it was a left turn do you, were you expecting that at all the thing is is from day one i just was never expecting because uh, you know it's like oh, i wonder what the next song's going to sound like um, I, I, I kind of like all that. It, it wasn't, you know, even if you start with the Drill EP, you go through the songs, there isn't a typical sound. Right. Tom, you can, you can, you can recognise um, Tom's voice as a vocal, as an instrument, um, but not, not really. It's not status quo, that's for sure. It's not status quo. That yeah, when I listened to it, I didn't hear any bits that reminded me too much of status quo. Maybe a couple of bits, <laughs> like a couple of bits, maybe. <laughs> but I, I did, I did like that. I remember when um, they were going to release Paranoid Android, and we used to meet in Oxford train station in the coffee bit at the front. Yeah, um, that's probably one of the good things about them not being all celebish and Britpop stars is that you could just do that. And um, I just didn't see anything unusual about a six minute single and it got played on the radio i was just like oh i love this song that is a cracking move like it it it's that's it's such a cool song and it's so cool that it's the first single and it's so cool that they didn't do a radio edit and it's six and a half minutes long um <sighs> even if you're not surprised by it you've, you've got to say it's, re- it's really cool it's a really cool thing to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah, definitely. And it was kind of almost like I wanted to just sort of go have it. <laughs> <laughs> are you um are you still a fan? Are you still a fan of the music that they make these days? Are you still a fan of what they've done post Yeah, I, I I am because I you know, I realise that you know you might kind of like a early somebody or late somebody or whatever. But I like the twists and turns. I like um, it's just like a continuation. And then, if anything, it's like um, Radiohead now, or like Radiohead Junior, where they're just discovering things that they can do. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I may, maybe it's like a, a different bands, but with songs I like. I suppose I, I, it, it's. Sometimes with some bands, and I find this to be the same with Manic Street Preachers as well, who have jumped around in their style and 
genre and the things they're trying to communicate. I think it's with with bands like that, um, you kind of become a fan of the spirit of the band. Yeah, I think you're more willing to give them, you know, if they're kind of like, well, we're going to do this now. You're probably more willing to go, well, I'll, I'll give it a listen. And yeah, then you can exactly. then you can find whether you like it or not. And, you you know, you'd kind of, you know, unless they just do some sort of, what was the national anthem called the other day? Groveling drivel. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just thought yeah, okay. There's not groveling drivel. <laughs> Uh, they occupy a really weird space, I think, Radiohead, where they are like constantly challenging themselves and the listeners, but they're still one of the biggest bands in the world. How are they getting away with this, do you think? Um, I still think it's got a lot to do with people who are willing to give them a listen. I think that's the first draw to being heard, is is somebody willing to listen to it. And if you're willing to listen to it, then you might go, mm, not so sure about that one, try again. Or, mm. But at least you will listen. Whereas I think that kind of, you know, with, with some bands, you're just kind of looking, you know, because there's always new things coming. Um, but they kind of fit into new sounds for me because I, I work, in, you know, with um, at grassroots level as a music promoter. So, mm. You know, it kind of mixes in new sounds, but new sounds can come from anywhere. And, you know, like they're one of the bands that still make the new sounds, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Although not recently. It has been uh, six years since the last album. Yeah. <laughs> so that's devastating, obviously. <laughs> well, Although, you know, that's kind the- of good because it, it kind of... I, I also think that kind of people who've already made it, it's nice to kind of have um, other people having a chance, new bands having a chance. I mean, there's new bands coming from Radiohead. Like, it's, it's none of them seem to have really slowed down because we've got the smile now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ed's got his uh, solo stuff going on and Phil's got his yeah. solo stuff going on. They've Johnny's got, got all his film scores, you know. Yeah. So they're just, they're just an entity, really. I don't, you know, it's kind of like gone from a band to an entity, but um, that's, that's natural as well, I guess. A natural progression of not having... Um, sort of fence themselves into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really true, actually. They definitely haven't fenced themselves into anything. You know, like, if if Radiohead announced tomorrow they were releasing a reggae album, I think a lot of people just go, okay, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Well, not to me. I'd be now, right? <laughs> Pack it in now. <laughs> I like people be the doing that one. in practice. No, I like, because, you know, like every single band... We'll do reggae, which I which I always feel is a safe space. Do you know if you're in a street and you hear reggae playing, I just think this is a, a really classy, superb area. Interesting. That's it's very got interesting. Peace, peace vibes. Reggae to me says peace, but kind of yeah. Although I've, I've, I'd like to think that if they did reggae, they did it well. I reckon so. I reckon they'd make a decent fist of it. Yeah. But there were reggae, there were reggae versions of their songs as well, which are kind of like without Radio the Dread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and oh, just fantastic. It's just all everything is like organic. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting album. I pulled reggae out of absolutely nowhere, and I think it's because you uh, you mentioned it earlier. But I I don't uh, I don't think there's much Radiohead could do to. Um, like uh 
I think that they would constantly surprise me, but also everything they they would do seem would seem to make sense. It would be in keeping with the spirit of the band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they they kind of like. I mean, the thing is, is when it's songs, then they lend themselves to everything and to every genre. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You are still at the sort of you know you're a promoter and you have your the music blog that you 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 run and everything. Still kind of at the cutting edge of of music and music promotion. So what is what is exciting you at the moment? What should we all be looking out for? Who are the new up and comers? Find um see I've left breadcrumb trails. So if you find hashtag fertile environment and hashtag newer wave, newer wave is kind of like guitar sounds because like I don't know, quite a few years ago people going, well guitar bands are over. You know, no more guitar band. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> then Fertile Environment is the path that these um, guitar bands who are over are taking. And you see them because because the, um, the, the documenting that we do is called the Zine UK. And it's literally just grassroots music venue venues and what goes on in them. And, you know, it just started because... Um, we had a club in Amersham Arms and people come from all over to, monthly to kind of meet up. And then from that, we started this documentary because we're like, we could tell a story, you know, Dizzy Spell, the editor and m- myself, we met um, at a show because I, I asked her if I could please take a picture of her. We went to see Patrick Jones and I just thought, well, look at her, she's like, a, like Bowie's kid or something. And instead of going, get lost, you weird old bat, she was like, oh, okay, and and then we've just been sort of, don't know, just best mates ever since then, and um, and then lost us a load of mates just in the back room of Amersham Arms going, yeah, right, we could like start new music and fashion and everything, and it works, and I don't know, for me personally, I don't know why they've got a House of Commons because if you go into your local grassroots music venue. And just use that to sort your life out. We're on our own here in this world. So unless you're a member of the Tory party or elite or royal, you need to like stop looking at Westminster. What are they going to do for you? Nothing. Nothing that's not cruel anyway. So if you go in a, in a local music venue, you can just make a lot of things happen. Everything that we need to survive, we already provide. You know, we are the drivers, the cooks, the you know, you name it. Whatever we need, we do it. So go in the music venue and come on, people, we got this. And that's what a love of music can do because the fertile environment is basically people who probably didn't have a chance. They're not rich people. They're not got sort of like major deals with major labels, um, but they have got that something spark. And one minute we're kind of writing about them playing in a little bar somewhere next there off supporting Liam Gallagher, Fontaine's DC, Pink, you name it. You know, Nadia supported um, Stereophonics last year. You know, Himalayas supported them and Matlix. And I just love seeing it all. It's growing and it's like the biggest story in music is happening in the smallest venues right now. And I'm for me, one, I'm excited to be part of that. And two, even more excited at how diverse it is and as for inventing a whole new music industry this autumn there's going to be a loud women fest crow crow land and decolonize fest and they're three you know just yeah find them all find them all 
So I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving breadcrumb trails. Okay, where, where where are we? Let's let's provide what uh, people would call a a call to action, or you know, some kind of shareable content, Kathy. Where are we headed to find out all this stuff? Are we going to Rocklands.tv? Um, well, Rocklands.tv gets a bit mouthy at times because. You know, because sure. Tories, what can I say? Exactly. Um, so I know people say, don't mix politics and music. And it's like, you know what? Why don't you do your social media and I'll do mine? Yeah, fuck off. So- all mix <laughs> politics and music. All of, all of the best music is in some way political. You just can't that help it. Think that. I know. What the hell? <laughs> and I don't really want to, you know, because, you know, obviously we're raised to be polite and I do try to be polite. Um, but even now they've got this thing on Twitter and it says... Somebody, we don't sure that people want to see that kind of thing. Are you sure you want to send it? And it like, well, if I wasn't, I am now. Kind of, really <laughs> kind of policing your kind of don't say rude things to Tories things. And it's like, well, it's not rude, is it? You know, it's just fact. <laughs> so probably the Zine UK is probably better. Um, the, Z- the Zine UK. Yeah. I think probably that's perfect. I'm going to put a link of... to that in in the show notes of the show that we oh, are wow. currently cool. recording. There you go. <laughs> Yay! Um, Kathy, that was. Uh, I I mean, I've run out of stuff to say. I don't know if you had anything oh, sorry, else you particularly no, I, wanted to. to no, touch I better on. be quiet because also I I just talk too much. No, but... Kathy, honestly, right? That was that was really great. I really enjoyed that chat. It was brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. And um, actually, in the Zine UK, it's really weird because there is always Radiohead themes running through it. So, um, you know, um, Lucy, who does, uh, you know, who does the Radiohead closest to being a Radiohead biographer. Um, if I ever want to remember what was happening at any particular day, Lucy knows. Um, and she, you know, we're still in touch as well. Um, and then even when when I stopped working for Radiohead, I still kept going to see them. I still go to see them whenever I can. Um, it's like a real thing. When I when I used to have a, a tour laminate, when I wasn't working, and if I could get somewhere, I'd just whip it out to get into a gig. And play it's like, yeah, I'm in, baby. And then I Lovely. could just meet meet my mates and have a have a night out. Um, just seeing radio and just be in the crowd and enjoy the show, you know, and if I'm not working, I don't need to go backstage or anything. All I need to do is just have a good time and then go home. So I've seen them more times, well, than they know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We we talked about uh, doing, like, you know, we we, we sometimes ask our guests, well, we always ask our guests, and, and, and sometimes they do it, and sometimes they don't, to do it like a top 10 of whatever band it is we're talking about. And we talked about a, a top 10 Radiohead, but it is very difficult. And you said it's not how your brain works, because your brain works laterally, I think is what you said, right? Yeah, it's true, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but thinking back, uh, are, what are the kind of standout Radiohead songs that resonate with you through through your time with the band? Um, I've really put you on the spot there. No, that's okay. I <laughs> God, there's a there's a lot. There's one that stands out though, just because they don't like it. Called Pop is Dead. I like it. You like it. Okay. Yeah, so okay. you need to one talk to. You, well, no, that's two because you need to talk to our other host Steve, who also likes Pop is Dead. Yay! <laughs> it's interesting their dislike of Pop is Dead. They don't even they haven't even put it on Spotify. It's like a No, it's a, like it, it never existed. <laughs> yeah, 
and erased it from their the history. Fat, the fat video of, of um, Tom being carried around in a coffin. Oh, <laughs> and he looks like one of the vampires from Twilight. He's, yeah, he's... I've <laughs> I've got it on the Radiohead Best of DVD. Uh, it's <laughs> absolutely amazing. I think that's the only place you can get it now, and it is a fascinating little article of um, what a lot of people would consider maybe the one Radiohead misstep, but I appreciate that it has its fans as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's very um, Marmite thing, um, mm. but it was, I don't, yeah, I just love, and I love the guitar lick on that. I love, you know, I just love that song. What can I say? And I also <laughs> have one of them old-fashioned um, VHS videos that used to, you know, you'd get promo videos to send out to people. Oh, yeah. And every time... Every time I got one, I'd keep one for myself and then I could just watch them at home. Because like I say, I'm a fan. And then, you know, whenever we had um, fellow fans round, there was one lovely girl just watched it probably about 100 times. Maybe the tape didn't even work anymore. I don't know. But it was just, yeah, just a fascinating thing. We were just fascinated to see that. What the hell did that come from? What what, what are Radiohead doing? (laughs) What are they doing? Yeah. (laughs) Um, were there any other songs that you can think of? Oh God, you lo- there's actually what it is is a load of noise of songs. Um, this, at the at the moment, I'm going to nude. Oh yeah, from In Rainbows. Yeah, mm. I, it's just kind of you know sometimes songs just come to you as you're walking along and you see something and it just I don't know it, it, for me it's usually clouds and sunsets and then suddenly the song just plays itself in your head the music finds you right yeah yeah hey that was Cathy St. Luce talking to me via phone from across the country it's incredible what you can do with modern technology these days um that was a lovely chat i i I personally loved having that chat i hope that you loved uh listening to it um make sure that you go and check out all the stuff that we've said with there's a bunch of links in the show notes that you you have to go and check out especially if any of what we discussed sort of like piqued your interest and while you're wading around in the murky waters of online discourse do do what I said earlier and come and check out our Twitter, Instagram, uh, our Facebook. Email us. Give us suggestions for the artists for a future season of uh, What Is Music. I know at the beginning I said season five. I'm going to qualify that slightly because, look, if it's going to be another band uh, from the 90s that have 15 albums, that'll be season six and we're going to slip in another little, a very uh, like a short season five i reckon in the same kind of way that we did with with billy eilish um so come and give us all those suggestions really looking forward uh to hearing or or reading all of them uh but that brings us to the end of another episode and thank you very much for listening uh our next episode is out next monday as always and we are finally having spent a long time in the world of okay computer we will finally start our deep dive into that next big leap that they make kid a but before that come and talk to us you know tell us what you think of anything that kathy said anything that i've said and give us those artist suggestions i'm going to give you the socials one more time twitter instagram facebook what is music pod and send in something a little bit longer 
I can read it out on the show, even if it's not a list of artist names, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. There's also a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening if you would like to, and that is with your money. Uh, one is to buy our merchandise. If you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com, you'll find some stupid designs and one cool one. But if you don't fancy any of the merchandise, that's fine. You can chuck us a few quid if you would like to. Uh, you can go to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. All donations very gratefully received. They go towards our running costs. That about does it. Thanks again for listening. Before you go, please don't leave me high, don't leave me by. Mm-hmm.